0: Hello, you're listening and watching to Rashkin Report. My name is Yuri Rashkin, and I'm excited to welcome to the program Alex Golfarb, who is head of fund of Alexander Litvinenko. Alexander Litvinenko is most known to Americans and people in the West for having been killed and poisoned in London in 2006. Alex, why do you think that uh, that was an important case? Um, that we had. Uh, Litvinenko, we had Skripal, um, and they were both in Britain. Um, is that something that's uh, something that Russia only dares to do in Great Britain, or should we have been watching out for these things in the United States?
1: Well, uh, it's hard to say. The uh, United States is hopefully more uh, secure than Great Britain. For whatever reasons maybe because putin wouldn't do this to trump which he did to british prime ministers uh, and why these cases are important because we are still talking about litvinenko uh, 15 years later and the reason is uh, that if you go forward maybe by 40 50 years there will be only few uh, spots on the Putin's reign, uh, I would say Litvinenka among them. Litvinenka, Skripol, the downing of the Malaysian airliner over Ukraine and Pussy Riot maybe. That's that's what people will remember when they read about Putin in history books. Uh and that's a broad view. Uh, it's um also uh, important historically because Litvinenko was the first case where the um, policymakers in the West started to realize that Putin and his regime is not what they thought it was. It's not a uh, fledgling uh, democracy which is moving in the direction of joining. The uh, family of civilized and democratic nations, but something very different, and that uh, motivations and MLD of this regime is basically hostile to the West. So uh, that's another view of this. But for me, it's a very personal thing because Litvinenko was my friend, he died horrible radioactive death uh, in front of my own eyes and I kind of um, I'm stuck with this case and it's been going on and on and on for more than a decade now and I um, I would love it to end but it's impossible
0: Where's the case at right now? Now there's been an interesting development because uh, now uh, Russian propaganda is uh, actually accusing you Of of killing Litvinenko, and you're suing them back, right? I'm suing two Russian propaganda
1: channels uh, the national Russian Channel one uh, Channel one Russia and the international channel RT Russia today for defamation in the federal court in New York Um, uh, Because they um, A year ago after more than a year ago after the attack on two russian the skripal uh, incident in salisbury in britain russian uh, um, tv and media and propaganda Uh, started a new narrative aimed at um, clearing uh, the Russian regime from Western accusations that it was behind both poisonings Litvinenko and Skripal and in the course of this programming uh, they showed my photo and video all over the place prime time many times saying that the truth is that it was this guy, Goldfarb, who poisoned Litvinenko because he was um, commissioned by the CIA to prevent Litvinenko from returning to Mother Russia, and uh, probably something like this happened in this Kripal case too.
0: Which is is interesting because... because, That's
1: because of uh, the basic propaganda war that's going on there, but I became part of it, and I'm trying to fight back.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting because uh, the, the main uh, theory that I think has been uh, supported by court uh, decisions is that Litvinenko was actually murdered because he was about to go to Spain to become an official witness against Russian mafia and its connections to St. Petersburg mafia and potentially to Vladimir Putin. And, and that actually seems to have been uh, proven and carried out in uh, British court. Am I correct? Yes,
1: what's been proven is that Litvinenko was beyond any reasonable doubt by criminal standards of proof killed by two Russian agents who acted as the court says in all probabilities and personal orders of Putin as for uh, the motives of this murder they didn't prove the motives this is a a theory why, why Putin all of a sudden decided to get rid of Litvinyanka and the most uh, reasonable theory is that he was working for the British law enforcement and European law enforcement uh, against Russian mafia in Spain, and specifically links of these uh, gangsters with Putin's inner circle, and we believe that that was the reason why they decided to strike him.
0: And on some level, it's uh, we can follow that trajectory because uh, in the last year, the Spanish court made decision where I think they uh, didn't indict anybody for for those crimes. So it sounds like maybe Litvinenko's involvement would have been crucial.
1: Uh, well, we don't know, really, uh, because it's still a classified part of Litvinenko's life. Nobody has seen his reports. But whatever leaked into the press is, and statements of prosecutors in Spain was that he was a central element. And, uh, by the way, we learned about it from WikiLeaks, because WikiLeaks cables from Spain mentioned Litvinenko many times, saying that this is a crucial person in the Spanish investigation against Russian mafia and that uh, links to Putin are central to his work. That's all we know. What specifically we don't know and maybe they don't know Uh, I mean the Spanish because uh, the only thing that the only person who knows is probably Putin himself because he knows what to fear and maybe he was feeling that was about to find something. We don't know. But his work in Spain is most likely the reason why Putin
0: decided to get rid of him. I'll remind the audience that you're listening and watching Rashkin Report. And I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin, and my guest today is Alexander, Alex Goldfarb, head of a uh, fund of Alexander Litvinenko, and, and he is carrying on uh, the battle, even though Alexander Litvinenko himself has been gone for, gosh, 13 years now. Um, Alex, uh, you have such personal experience with Russian propaganda and, and, and yet here in the West we look at news and uh, when a government announces something, we tend to somehow give it a little bit of credence because, well, it's the government information. So if Russian government announces whatever, um, there are a you know, number of people that are going to believe it because it's official information. Um, Any suggestions that you would uh, give to the audience about how to process those propaganda messages?
1: Well, uh, all messages now should be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, However, uh, there is a fundamental difference, and the difference is that in the West we have a pluralistic society, and uh, every message coming from wherever it is is immediately scrutinized by independent actors such as free press, political opposition, members of parliament, and we see here how uh, these independent actors are um, arguing with whatever narrative comes from the White House, for example, from uh, Mr. Trump. In Russia there is nothing like this. The media is completely and totally controlled by the state, and uh, the government controls the media, and anybody who dares to um, pursue a different narrative is immediately kicked out of the profession, at least at most arrested. So um, you, there is no, uh, internally in Russia, there is no uh, means to somehow Uh, check or uh, sceptically analyze or scrutinize the official information. That's number one. Number two is that uh, Russia spends enormous amounts of money to um, pursue this propaganda war outside Russia. The budgets of Russian propaganda outlets are orders of magnitude, maybe hundreds of times more than uh, the Western uh, official budgets trying to counter this propaganda. I
0: believe RT's budget for next year is 1.3 billion dollars. I don't know, but it's certainly
1: not a couple of million dollars Uh, for things like uh, Voice of America, for example, or BBC Russian service and so on. So it's incomparable uh, things. And the third thing I should say, that uh, foreign propaganda, hostile propaganda, find here a fertile uh, soil, because starting from the times of Bolsheviks, and, come in turn, when they properly uh, realize that the grievances of the working class against um, the problems of the working class is a wonderful uh, soil to promote uh, subversive ideas and propaganda and so on, and we know how it went all through the thirties, uh, and then. Uh, during world war ii everybody was involved in uh, propaganda british in particular in russia and this continues for them it's another way of continue of uh, of waging uh war against the west which they consider threatening the, uh, in the world outlook of uh putin and his regime uh the west uh constitutes a threat to their power because su- it suggests to the people an alternative system of government and this alternative system of government is threatening because it's more effective and um so they they just make trouble uh here uh, using people who now for whatever reasons are unhappy with the uh, with the way things are in their own lives, to foster uh, this uh, trust towards uh, the Western system of government and system of society.
0: So, so that was really interesting. You said that uh, <clears throat> democracy is threatening to authoritarian dictators because it affects their ability to have you know money. It, and well, well, and it's cost. It, it's, you said it's it, not cost effective. It's more it's cost effective, but it also affects their money. Uh,
1: I mean, I can give you this analogy: Why uh, Islamic, uh, fundamental Islamic, Islamist regimes are so hostile towards the West? You know, uh, Iran, Osama bin Laden, all these people, because. They feel that the system of values, starting from education for women and ending on the with the separation of religion from the state, are threatening to the existence of the their system of government, which is based on Sharia law or whatever it is. But it's 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 uh, it's power. It's about power. It's about power. To the same extent, uh, the basis of Putin's hold. On a power is uh, the trust of people, uh, essentially to him, and to and this is in competition with information coming from the outside. So uh, he promotes the idea that the West is out to get us to destroy Russia, and they are our main enemy. And in order to counter this subversive activity of the West, we must resist and unite uh, consolidate around our own government and in the process they do everything to destabilize um, situations in uh, the west be it uh, you know western europe or here and so on and uh, that's what they are doing uh, for the reasons of their own self-preservation so it's the same old story like it was in 1920s in the time of Comintern and Lenin Lenin
0: and Stalin and so on. So it was a struggle for power it remains a struggle for power and uh... And so when you see somebody like Alexei Navalny and his uh, fond of fighting with corruption uh, being uh, told, uh, announced in the official news that he was receiving money from outside the country and making him a uh, foreign agent, uh, and that's an official news release, do you look at that and go, hmm, he must be a foreign agent, or do you say, well, where did it come from? Where did the yeah. news come from, you know?
1: Uh, Navalny is obviously a Russian patriot who has a different vision of how Russia uh, should uh, develop and be, and that is, he's he's a nationalist, he thinks that Russia is a a national state and should be as much a part of the West as the national state of Spain or the national uh, state of poland um, so that's what he is but at the same time he's a democrat and he doesn't like a bunch of um, you know uh, People whom he calls criminals and thieves to hijack the Russian government for their own purposes. And that's what's going on with Navalny. Uh,
0: and it's so, only so it's, ma- so it's more about understanding the backstory a little bit rather than just going with the official pronouncement. Learn a little bit about a backstory and then you understand things better.
1: And the official pronouncement that he is a foreign agent, which is totally fake, there is absolutely no evidence to this, he's not funded. He's not directed uh, from abroad, uh, but he has moral support of people like you and me and uh, more enlightened um, uh, politicians in this side because he represents the same set of values which we hold. So, uh, in that sense... He is a foreign agent because the values of uh, that are being uh, you know imposed on Russia by the uh, state propaganda machine is anathema to freedom and human rights. It's you know it's uh, tradition, it's a strong state it's denial of the rights of individual. That's what Russia is all about.
0: All right um, Alex, uh, Russia and Ukraine are in the news again. And uh, it, two associates of Rudy Giuliani, Trump's personal attorney, have been arrested with one-way ticket to Vienna. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the emergence of these uh, two con men so close to the president?
1: Well, I think that there is a, um, I
0: mean, that's my personal
1: political view, but there is a law of, of uh, attraction of the like, that like-minded people tend to deal with like-minded people. Beyond this general observation, I don't know. The only thing I know is that these people, there is a photograph on the Internet of Trump with these two uh, gentlemen, and that they are very close to Rudy Giuliani, and that Ukraine is in the news uh, because of this impeachment thing and uh, alleged attempts of Trump to influence Ukrainian government to enlist them in his political campaign. So it all kind of comes together But at the time it's people who are accused of you know of relatively small level violations who have been arrested and then Bingo it looks that they are one step away from the president of the United States so it's it's suspicious
0: You know, it's uh I I find it uh I'm amusing that whenever an expert is being asked, "Are you surprised by this?" for some reason, world over, experts say, "No, I'm not surprised by this." Well, no matter what, it's, I think it's a it's a quality of an expert, and I consider you an expert. So, what would you not be surprised by if it, if we found out about these uh, men? Do you think would you be surprised if they were working with uh, Ukrainian leadership or Russian leadership or Russian secret service or or who you know? What would surprise you about it? What would not surprise you?
1: Well, not at all, because we know again from history that uh, the top um, leaders, when they have to carry out some sort of unsavory uh, acts, they use uh, all kinds of unsavory characters. Let's start, remember what happened in Watergate. Nixon was one step away of those uh, low-level operatives, uh, ex-CIA, who broke in the middle of the night into the headquarters of Democratic Party to steal some election documents, which seems stupid, but uh, in retrospect, because um it costs uh, nixon the presidency uh, so i would not be surprised because i i'm not surprised that uh, putin used some totally inept uh, agents to try to uh, poison skripal in uh, in uh, in and, and who got caught red-handed why was he doing it it's totally self-defeating but that's what
0: happens again and again and again with the people in power so if you found out that these two were that were just arrested if they had all these connections to ukraine or russian uh, either money or secret service none of that would surprise you or or would it surprise you No, it
1: will not surprise me at all. I mean, given those examples in in history. But again, there is at the moment, we don't know. We only know that those guys were arrested and they're close to the Trump's inner circle.
0: All right. I'll remind listeners and viewers that you're listening and watching Rashkin Report. Uh, Make sure to like the page on Facebook, sign up uh, and like the YouTube channel um, and uh, leave comments and likes. Those are very important to make sure that more people have these opportunities to see conversations with, I think, really interesting people. Yeah, Uh, and
1: if I may, if I may interject, uh, (laughs) those who (laughs) are interested in our... uh, Fundraising
0: campaign, yes.
1: Yes, those who are interested in our lawsuit against Russian propaganda machine, uh, please go to the site LitvinenkoCase.com and you will see all the latest news of our um, uh, lawsuit in New York against uh, Russian TV. And you can chip in like five to ten dollars to help us uh,
0: to pay our lawyers. Alex I, I can't think of a better use for five dollars uh, of five dollars my uh, question next though is, um, thank you for mentioning that information. You have long and storied biography um, where you have left Soviet Union back in 1975, and and you lived in Israel, and you got a PhD, and you've been teaching at really impressive schools, and then you worked with George Soros for nearly a decade. And that is somebody who has a really almost mystical reputation out in the West, and as well as in the East, I guess, at this point. Um, What is your experience of knowing George Soros personally? Who is this person?
1: Well, George Soros is a high intellectual I should say even though I haven't spoken to him for 15 years or maybe more. We kind of parted, but he's a great guy He uh, is smart. He made tons of money uh, And he decided he wants to use them to advance his worldview and his worldview is liberal progressive uh, in many case, um, cases, he takes um, very liberal causes. He started with, and that's when I worked with him, and trying to uh, promote uh, the transition of the former Soviet Union to democracy. And he spent uh, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, to this effect. Uh, I would say it was quite effective. It's not that it's not his fault that. Uh, in the end, it didn't work as he planned because these are not democracies. I mean, the Eastern Europe are democracies, but not the Soviet Union, and uh, not Russia. And um, uh, what is remarkable to me is that he is now became uh, how you call it the um, standard uh, demonic uh, symbol of both radical right and radical left. Radical left believe that uh, Soros is a quintessential capitalistic plutocrat who uses his money to um, subvert the interests of whomever they perceive to be oppressed by the capitalist society. And he is much attacked by uh, fringe left and fringe right or radical right, uh, which unfortunately now has become um, the dominant uh, trend in the conservative, in the Republican politics, uh, sees his as a quintessential uh, Jewish uh, you know, liberal who uh, supports and pays for all those uh, things which are anathema to the conservative right, for religious uh, tolerance, for, um, you know, e- equality, uh, for you know sexual um, equality, for you know rights of uh, minorities and that sort of thing. So um, he, uh, poor Soros, is in the middle of this two Uh, 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 two warring camps and he is um, right there and probably his notoriety now is because each side thinks him a representative of the other side, so he is a very polarizing figure.
0: Alex, (laughs) do you feel that he's been actually effective with his money or or not so much? Because he invested hundreds of millions, I think, in, in Russia. And then Vladimir Putin got elected and and all of those changes seemed like they were not very effective.
1: I mean, in Eastern Europe, he was definitely effective
0: because it
1: helped transition, to to transition former Eastern Bloc countries towards Europe, European Union. In uh, Russia, he was less effective because uh, Russia turned out to be different and whatever he invested in the 90s, In the civil society and human rights and uh, uh, democratic institutions essentially was destroyed by Putin but still there were hundreds of thousands of people affected by uh, Soros programs and maybe in 20 years when Putin is gone Russia will swing again in the liberal and progressive um, direction, and those people will uh, be more important than uh, they are now.
0: Alex, in conclusion, I'd like to ask you, you have uh, such international experience working um, with with Americans, working with Russians, living in America. Um, what do you feel should the, be the, the, the relationship between America and Russia, um, I, I think that seemed like Obama's policy wasn't necessarily most effective Trump's policy, I, would, I don't even know if it's a policy um, What? How should we deal with Russia?
1: Well, uh, West is not monolithic as we well know and there are different uh, groups of uh, decision makers uh, First of all, understand they should Learn and understand the Russian system. Russia is not America, and it works on different rules, and we should understand it. That's number one. If Trump, if Obama understood Russia and uh, Russian intentions and the inner, you know, driving forces of the Russian system of government better, he would not have made mistakes that he did, like uh, trusting Putin on Syria, for example um or um appeasing him uh, in many uh, situations starting with the Litvinenko case because uh the response not only Obama but before him George Bush uh the response of the west on these first assassinations was very very mute um, in the hope that these are But it turns out and they got crippled because they didn't respond to Litvinenko. So uh, Trump is a little bit different, of course, because he has a mysterious personal affinity to Mr. Putin and other dictators around the world. And it has no, it defines logic and common sense.
0: But would you be surprised if it was not about money?
1: uh, I think it's about money uh, because he's fascinated by the way Putin operates. Uh, If we believe those who say that Trump uh, uses his office to enrich himself. Putin should be the role model number one, because those who watch Putin thinks that he's worth $80 billion uh, accumulated through various schemes while he was in the
0: Kremlin. Is, Is that how much everything in Russia is worth? Because it seems like he basically owns the country.
1: No. No, of course not. He worth
0: uh, those
1: who, again, those uh, analysts who thinks about it. In some cases, it's been proven, to say that he owns specific, particular assets hidden in offshore accounts of oil producers. And uh, in so, so you're not including
0: all the oligarch money into his. you, you do really keep it just to things that are associated more or less directly with you him.
1: Say that Putin is worth. He's probably the richest or one of the richest people on earth. But, mm-hmm. and again, maybe this is what uh, Litvinenko was close to uncovering um, because it's all you know insinuations. Uh, nobody has proven anything. But in any case, it's it's very hard to analyze why Trump is so sympathetic to Putin, whereas his party and his uh, system of uh, foreign policy and national security are no friends of Russia. The only reason they're so sympathetic to Russia is personal uh, attitude of Mr. Trump.
0: Well, on that note, Alexander Goldfarb head of Litvinenko Fund. Thank you so much for your time. And I will remind listeners and viewers one more time that if they want to contribute $5 or more, they should go uh, to, to help Litvinenko case. Well, no, actually to help uh, you defend your reputation against because uh, you were accused of killing Litvinenko and you're suing them back and the people want to participate in this kind of a justice. Uh, Not to mention that putting some, putting some brakes on Russian propaganda, frankly, they should go to LitvinenkoCase.com. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure.